Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church. So thankful that you are joining us today. And today I'm doing a message called Brutal Honesty. Brutal Honesty, right? I discovered something about most of us. Most of us want to be moderately honest. In other words, we want to know the truth because we know the truth will set us free, but we only want to be so truthful. Uh, we don't want to be truthful to the point that it actually hurts us, right? Uh, we don't want to experience brutal honesty. Well, let me share some things that are in our lives that we need to be brutally honest about. Number one is that we need to be brutally honest about the nature of our lives. Did you know that we were conceived in sin? I say, what a way to start off a broadcast, right? To tell me that I'm a sinner? Yeah, Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, before you turn to the station, okay? Hear me out, okay? I'm going to share a couple of things that's really Debbie Downer information, and then I'm going to share with you how you can have an aha moment, an awakening that leads to honesty and action. So we've learned that we are by nature conceived in sin. We also know that sin enslaves us. This is what Romans 3 says. What then? Are we better than they? No, for we have both been proved, Jews and Gentiles alike, that they are all under sin. Some translations say all are enslaved to sin. So we have a sinful nature. We are enslaved to sin. And as a result of this nature, we have been corrupted by sin. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none that are righteous. No, not one. In other words, sin has impacted all of humanity. None of us are sinless. All of us are corrupted by sin. And it even goes deeper than that. Because of our sinful nature, our understanding has even become darkened by sin. Romans 3.11 says, There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. No, not one. Why? Because our understanding is darkened. Sin darkens our understanding of God. Sin darkens our understanding even of ourselves. There's one other thing I've got to share with you before we get to the good news, okay? We've talked about the fact that we, by nature, are conceived in sin. We're enslaved to sin. We have a, a nature that has been corrupted by sin. Even our understanding is darkened by sin. And lastly, God's law demands that we are guilty of sin. Romans 3.19 says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. God's law points out that we are lawbreakers, that we are guilty of sin. Well, that's the sad news today. Let's get to the good news. We want to look at Luke chapter 15, and uh, you know the story of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, and let's pick it up at verse 17. When he came to his senses, now this is a prodigal. Uh, he's been living as a hired hand in a pig pen, right? And, and he says he's come to his senses in the pig pen. And he says, well, how many of my father's servants have more than enough food? And here I am literally dying of hunger. He said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father. and I'm going to say to him, hey, 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 father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight, I'm no longer worthy 
to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. Now, this son has an aha moment. He has this sudden awakening, and he doesn't just soak up the feelings for a little while. He doesn't mope around in his brokenness. When he has this aha moment, the text says, when he came to his senses, he said. So since there is no one else except the pigs there, uh, it's probably safe to say that whatever he has to say about coming to his senses, he's talking to himself, okay? He had an honest-to-honest conversation with himself. He came to his senses, but it didn't even stop there. He had to honestly assess his situation. He is brutally honest. And that's the next part of the story, which is becoming an aha story. You know, it's one thing to wake up to the fact that things have gone wrong. It's one thing to wake up to the fact that change needs to happen. I Almost anybody can do that. A lot of aha stories begin with that finish because they all stall out on one of these steps, right? It's like when you get winded walking up that flight of stairs and you realize, man, I am out of shape. But you don't step on the scale to see how bad it is. It's like when you realize you, you hardly know your wife and your kids anymore, but you sweep it under the rug. It's all part of being a provider. Uh, there's nothing I'm doing wrong. Or it's like when you got caught, but you lie to get out of trouble. It's like when you're broken, you're alone, and you blame everything and everyone else but yourself. Now, if we look closely, there are three different things in the parable of the prodigal son that required brutal honesty. And whether or not this is one of God's great aha stories hinges on the precise presence of this ingredient for this aha moment. William Shakespeare said this, no legacy is as rich as honesty. Mother Teresa said, if you are honest, people may cheat you, but be honest anyway. Little Johnny got a note from his teacher saying, Johnny stole a pencil from the boy sitting next to him in class. Johnny's dad is extremely upset. Johnny, why did you steal the pencil? I don't know. You will be grounded for two weeks. The next time you need a pencil, all you have to do is ask me for a pencil. I've got plenty that I've taken from work. So here you see the reason why maybe Johnny stole the pencil. You know, there is a psychological difference between what we are stealing and the truth about lying. Lying now has become a corporate effort. Do you know that every year there are about $1 trillion that are stolen from the workplace, which equals about 7% of the revenues that we make in workplaces? Did you know that every hour we hear between 10 and 200 lies? Many of them are white lies. And this morning, we lied at least three times in meeting with each other if you're at church, right? Extroverts tend to lie more often than non-extroverts. Men lie one out of eight times in their interactions, while women tend to lie one out of ten times in their actions. Why? Because lying has become so common. Because lying is so common, brutal honesty becomes much more difficult. There are three areas that the prodigal son was honest about. And these are three areas that we must be honest about. Number one, honesty about my circumstances. You know, it's extremely difficult because we are so good at rationalizing things. We have become extroverts, right? 
Uh, we tend to feel good about ourselves and, and we want the benefit of being dishonest. We are very insecure people and so we tend to lie to protect something. Uh, we lie about ourselves, lying often to avoid some suffering or some painful consequences and, and we use shame and an embarrassment or even conflict because we are lying about ourselves. We are very insecure people in that we lie to protect our interests. Probably the second most common reason why we lie is, is that we, we want to get something that we want. We lie to get material goods like money and, and non-material goods like attention from telling of tall tales. We are very insecure people in that we lie to protect our image. We all want others to think well of us, and, and yet we do things that we consider less respectable at times. And rather than admitting that, however, we suffer and we lose the respect of others instead of gaining the respect of others because we try to cover things up. Uh, sometimes in our insecurities, we lie to even protect our resources. Now, we often lie to avoid expending energy or time doing something that we really don't want to do. Maybe like going out with a friend because we're bored and we want to attend a party, but we know we won't enjoy it, and, but we go anyway and we work on a project about which is really, we're not enthusiastic because we don't want to feel the uncomfortableness of admitting that we don't want to do something. We are sometimes lying because of our insecurity and we lie to protect others. When asked if we like a person's haircut or their shoes or their dress or, or their writing or their performance, we often lie to protect our friends. Even pastors do this. I remember one time uh, somebody preached at our church and, and they asked me how the message was. I said, man, that was a great sermon. In the back of my mind, I said, that was not a, such a great sermon. But I didn't want to hurt this person's feelings. In a book called Nurture Shock, Poe Bronson and Ashley Merriman present evidence that children even lie to their parents far more often than parents realize because they think telling their parents what they want to hear will make them happier than telling them they have failed to live up to their parents' expectations in some way. So we are told in Proverbs chapter 4 to put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead of you and look your gaze and let it be fixed straight ahead of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your days will be established. So we realize the prodigal son, he had to be honest about his circumstances. He finds himself in a pig pen. Can you imagine a Jewish man feeding pigs, an unclean animal in a very unclean place? But he was honest. When he was honest about his circumstances, he says, you know, how many of my father's servants have it much better than I do? The second thing that we've got to be honest about is honest about why we ended up in a distant country. Now here, he has to be brutally honest about the fact that he's in a different country, and this isn't temporary. This isn't a work in progress. This isn't crashing with some friends. This is a distant country, far from home, in a pig pen. He has had to be brutally honest with the fact that his choice to leave his father's house has brought him here. You see, he rejected, and, and he could have stayed with his father, but he rejected staying with his father, and now he had to be brutally honest with the consequences and with the circumstances, and had to be brutally honest of how he ended up in 
a distant country. Now, I know it's easy to be hard on this prodigal, but Peter reminds us that we are constantly going astray like sheep. But then the last half of that verse is the aha moment. But now we have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. Now, listen, if you're finding yourself in a pig pen, be brutally honest as to how you got yourself in that distant country. Don't do the cover up. Don't pretend it's okay. Don't pretend it's just a learning experience, okay? That may be a learning experience, but the best lesson that you can learn is to realize I acknowledge why I am here. You see, when we find ourselves in a distant country, when we find ourselves in the pig pen, it tends to be much easier for us to kind of just wait to see what others will do before we respond. You know, the same is true the opposite way. It's pretty easy to see when other people have wandered off to a distant country, though it can be hard for them to admit it to themselves. That's part of what makes this part of an aha so difficult. Now mark these words. In our minds, it has not been one giant step of rebellion that has led us to where we are. It's been a slowly unfolding process during which we took very small steps which eventually led us to where we are now. Often when we're in the pig pen, uh, we might regret the pig pen, but you don't always regret the steps that led you there. That's why it's hard to be brutally honest about your circumstances. They've almost taken you by surprise. But a brutally honest person about their circumstances in that distant country means I'm admitting that I am, in fact, in a pig pen and it's dirty, and it's uncomfortable, and it's not at all what I thought it would be. Now, we see that this prodigal was honest about his circumstances. He was honest about why he ended up in a distant country. And then he was honest about how he ended up in that pig pen. You see, the next step of brutal honesty we see in this text is that the son says in verse 18, I was set out. And I will go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Now, there's no blame shifting. There's no trying to pretend it was an accident. No passing off responsibility. There's no hiding, lying, or denying. There is only honesty, brutal honesty. I have sinned. You know, we find ourselves in a pig pen and and are honest about our bleakness of our circumstances, the natural thing for us to do is to to begin to try to shed some blame. If you've ever played the game Mafia, you know about this game. In this game, several people are playing. Each person gets a different card, and and each playing card assigns you a different identity for the game. Uh, The people who get the card that designates them as the Mafia members have to try to secretly and silently kill off all of the rest of the people in the game. After each round, there's a session of accusation and defense. Nobody knows who the mafia is, but they try to guess, and they try to accuse them to bring their identity to light. The mafia, though, has to do everything in their power to convince the rest of the players that they are not the mafia. The whole game is based around the mafia, and the whole mafia is based around passing the blame of what the mafia has done onto the other players. And that's a lot 
like what happens in the pig pen. We get caught up in the pig pen. Our natural tendency is to try to find another reason for our circumstances besides ourselves and our actions. Maybe it looks like this. Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's my parents were too controlling. Or maybe I had a husband who was too absent. Or I had a wife that was too picky or too complaining. Or maybe my excuse is I had friends who didn't accept me the way I was. But the truth about what led to the pig pen is this. I have sinned. If you can't get that kind of brutal honesty, then aha won't happen. You see, those who trust in themselves are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. You see, when that prodigal was relying on himself, he became a fool. Oh, it took some time. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. There's something else that we learn from the prodigal son. I'm going to add an extra one. Number four, he was honest about what he had done. You see, there's another element of honesty in this son's statement to himself in verse number 19. He says, I am no longer worthy. No longer worthy to be called your son. He says, just make me like one of your hired men. You see, the son knows that he hasn't just hurt himself. He's hurt his father. He's hurt his brother as well. Our sin is never private. It's never personal. It always hurts more people than just me. And while God forgives the guilt of our sin and and the eternal punishment that we deserve, that doesn't mean that there are, are no consequences for our sin. You see, this son knows that he will face, when he goes home, and he knows he's going to face a jealous and angry brother. He knows that he's going to face an offended and a wounded father. He knows that he will face bitter neighbors who know exactly what he did. But when you've had a, a sudden awakening in a distant country, you'd rather face those consequences than the consequences you're facing right now in that pig pen. You see, brutal honesty is one of the most difficult ingredients of having an aha moment. But aha can't happen unless honesty happens. I don't know what you need to be honest about today, but for most of us, it's probably time to look ourselves in the mirror and be honest. It's not enough to just be awakened to the fact that we're in a distant country. We have to be willing to own it, to be brutally honest about where we are, what got us there, and what's going to happen from here. The prodigal says, I will go, I have sinned, I am not willing. As we think about coming clean, coming clean and staying clean is an aha moment. You say, well, how do I go about this whole process of coming clean and staying clean? Well, first of all, you got to confess that lie. Be honest, be brutally honest, and go ahead and confess that lie. Listen, Confession is just agreeing with God with what he already knows about us. So confess the lie. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and he who forsakes them will obtain mercy. So go ahead and confess that lie. Acknowledge that lie. Say, okay, I've lied. I I acknowledge that lie. I confess that lie, and I'm going to forsake that lie, and then I receive mercy. 
The second thing is, not only do I confess the lie by being brutally honest, but number two, I profess the truth. Ephesians 4.25 reminds us that we're to put away falsehood. And Paul says, when we put away falsehood, each one should speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So I confess the lie, I profess the truth. You know, by being exposed to a higher moral code, we act on a higher moral level. You know, simply reciting the Ten Commandments was proven to decrease stealing. Did you know that? It's amazing. The more I profess the truth, the more I will live the truth. What I'd like to close today is is to ask you to just spend a minute responding to these questions I'm going to ask you. I want you to be honest, brutally honest, as I go through each one of these questions. And let God show you the places in your life where you have left his house and where you've wandered to a distant country. I'm going to give these questions to you one at a time and, and give you a moment to ponder on them, okay? Here's the first one. When was the last time you told your kids you love them and really meant it? You know, one of the reasons that I always tell my kids every time I get off the phone with them or every time I leave them, I always say, I love you. The reason I always say that to them is I want them to know if that's the last interaction I have with them, if that's the last conversation I had with them, I want them to know that the last thing that dad said to me was, I love you. So when was the last time you told your kids you love them? I discovered that my wife loves it when I say, honey, I love you. And we never part company without telling each other, hey, I love you, honey. Every single time we depart, we use that phrase. Here's the next question. When was the last time you thought about how someone else might feel because of your actions? Think about that for just a moment. When was the last time you thought about the impact of your actions and and how that was going to impact your children, your spouse, your church, your community, your co-workers, your extended family? You see, nobody's an island unto themselves. Our actions infect so many other people. Here's the third question. How long has it been since you went above and beyond to show your spouse how much you care? I'm not talking about what you do every single day. I'm talking about going above and beyond to show your spouse how much you really care for them. Doing something special for them to show how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. Here's the next question. When was the last time you apologized first? You know what most of us do. Uh, somebody comes to us and, and they say, hey, I'm sorry I did this. And so we say, I'm sorry too, right? Well, when was the last time that, that you apologized first where you took the initiative? Next question. How long has it been since you did something for someone anonymously. You know, blessing somebody uh, just for the sake of blessing them. Not so that uh, you could be thanked. Not so that that could be returned to you. Just doing it anonymously. You know what I love about our church? Oftentimes, people give gifts anonymously. And they'll say, I don't want anybody to know where this is coming from. 
I don't want any appreciation for it. I don't want any any praise for it. I just want to give it anonymously. To me, that's the true art of giving. Here's the next question. When was the last time you gave more than a tithe in a given month to advance God's kingdom work? I mean, we're commanded to tithe, right? That's expected. But when do you go above and beyond uh, to give a gift to advance God's kingdom? Here's another question. In the past week, how have you spent your money like Jesus would have spent his money? Here's another question. Who is somebody you know who needs help financially that you can help? Why don't you reach out anonymously and just bless them? When was the last time you spent more time with your kids than you did with your co-workers or more time with your kids than you did on social media? How long has it been since you gave up your Saturday to help somebody else? Maybe somebody that needed to be helped move. When was the last time you lost track of time serving somebody else? How long has it been since you turned off your cell phone, didn't care what time it was, and went on a date with your spouse? Who was the last person who really got your undivided attention? Here's questions that I think will help you to grow in your faith. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.